Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me uh, for another week. My name is Kevin Harris, and this is All In or All Out. Uh, this week, we are going to be talking about relationships. Yes, relationships. Always a fun topic. Uh, I have a lot of uh, experience with relationships, marriages. Yes, I said it plural, but uh, I have a lot of experience in uh, what not to do, and uh, and I'm learning now a lot of what to do, and how to make uh, how to make this thing work. So uh, let's dive into relationships. Uh, one of the first things that I want to say about relationships, whether it's uh, you're looking for a relationship, you're in a relationship, or you're married, is Remember this, two unperfect people don't equal a perfect relationship or a perfect marriage. Think about that. When we're falling in love or, you know, get married or we're in a relationship and we think, man, we're going to live happily ever after and, you know, everything's going to be awesome and great. You know, we dated this whole time and everything was just perfect and, you know, we think our marriage or or every or our relationships just going to be perfect. But if you think about the reality of that, I mean, think about it. I know I've said this numerous times on this podcast. I've said we are all human; we make mistakes. You know, we're, we're, we are uh, you know born sinners. Like we're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. So if you have two unperfect people. There's no way that you will equal a perfect marriage or a perfect relationship. I mean, I know that two negatives equal positive, yes, but two wrongs don't equal a right. So it's kind of the same concept. So two unperfect people don't equal a perfect relationship or a perfect marriage. All right. So if you're looking for a relationship, you're trying to find that significant other uh, you're, you're dating or, or looking. So they always suggest in the rooms, and I highly suggest this, uh, is that you wait at least a year. And you say, why a year? Well, in a year, you have gone through all four seasons of being clean and sober. Uh, after a year, the fog is kind of lifted, as they say. Like you start thinking a little clearer, you know, you don't have your uh, brain don't have all the chemicals in it that's, you know, causing you to uh, think crazy or not think right or, um, you know, that's blocking your emotions and those kind of things. You know, you go through all four seasons cause, well, you know, some like, you know, they say the date all four seasons so you can see a person all four seasons. Like when you go through winter, summer, fall, spring, like, you know, there's a lot that goes on. Like, what's somebody like during the wintertime around Christmas when it's around family, you know, and Thanksgiving, those kind of things. Or spring break, do they go act a fool during the spring? Or, you know, summertime, you know, you're always out, you know, doing whatever during the summer. Those kind of things. You just got to, you know, we all have uh, 
I mean, in a sense, we all have a different personality depending on the season, you know, how we get when we're around family and friends. And, you know, some people don't like cold weather and they act like it. And, you know, so uh, whatever the case may be, but at least wait a year. Uh, I can't tell you, and I know I've said this before, every good relapse story starts with, and there was this girl or and there was this guy. Never fails. Anytime you hear somebody start talking about when they relapse, nine times out of ten, that's how it's going to start off. So, you want to let the fog clear. You want to be thinking clearly. You want to be able to go through the steps. You want to be able to go through your amends and, you know, make your apologies and stuff and go through all those emotions you got to go through um, to go through if you're working the steps or whatever the case may be. You want to be able to go through uh, all that and, and have that out of the way and not drag somebody through your past of having to deal with that. Um, you know, if, uh, they're not an addict, you know, it, it's, you know, you want to be honest. I'm sitting here thinking like, you, you know, it, it doesn't normally work well with, with two addicts or trying to date, especially if it's early in recovery. Uh, it's easy for one to bring the other down. Uh, there's a lot of emotions involved when dating and, and stuff like that. And we'll get to, if you're married in a minute, we'll get to that. But when you're dating and, and you have two addicts that are dating or, or whatever the case, like <clears throat> there's a lot of emotions that go into dating and feelings and, and all this stuff. And to add, you know, the fact that you're trying to stay clean and all that, I mean, it makes it twice as hard. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't work or it can't work. I'm saying it makes it really difficult. So you definitely got to be on your P's and Q's and, and be watching and paying attention and, and highly, highly recommend that you wait at least a year. Um, so, but anyway, it, you know, you, you want to be honest. If you're um, dating someone who, who is not an addict, you know, you've got to be upfront with them. You got to be honest. You got to set boundaries. You know, you, you need to know, you know, what your triggers are and you got to let them know, you, you know, I can't go hang out at a bar or, you know, it doesn't, you know, fare well if we go to clubs, if I go hang out at clubs or, you know, if we go over to so-and-so's house, you know, it never ends well, you know, and you, you got to have, um, you know, you got to have enough self-awareness about yourself to know what these triggers are and what these places are that you don't do well and, you know, you you got to be transparent and honest uh, with them to let them know that um, this is, you know, if, if you want this to work, because you don't want to leave that door open. If you leave that door open, you know, you always, you know, you're going to find your way, you know, back to, you know, to the drugs and alcohol or, or whatever the case may be. So you want to make sure you close all the doors. You want to be up front transparent um i i'll give you you know i said earlier when i, I use marriage as plural uh one of my marriages uh, <clears throat> i was dating this girl and i was clean and you know and, and at the time i thought all she did was drink when we first started dating i was like oh, i can deal with that not a big deal you know i'm not a big drinker so what does it matter you know it shouldn't affect me uh, so we date a little bit longer, get a little more invested. Well, then I find out that uh, she smokes marijuana. Well, then I'm like, I mean, this is pretty close when we're getting married. And I'm like, uh, you know, it's really not that big of a deal. You know, what's what's the little pot here and there? You know what I mean? It's not going to affect me. 
again, that wasn't my thing. Uh, no problem. Well, we get married. And then after we get married, I found out that she does other things. And so, you know, after we got married, went through some difficult times with my job. Uh, it's when my brother uh, owned a dealership and I was working with him and the economy was crashing and, you know, gas was $4 a gallon and, you know, our biggest seller was an SUV and then all of a sudden nobody wanted an SUV, everybody wanted cars, um, that kind of thing. And, and so the dealership wasn't doing well and got very stressful at work and all it took was to come home one day and be like, man, I had a terrible day. But you know what? I know that my wife, you know, I have, you know, a, something you know marijuana or something that i can smoke and relax and not be a big deal and what i do i ended up smoking getting high and one thing led to another i start drinking you know i wasn't a big drinker but it was there i started drinking and the next thing i know i'm, I'm back doing meth again so what what i did was i left the door open like i went into this relationship with with no boundaries you know, went in this relationship thinking, oh, I got this, I can handle this, no big deal, uh, you know, I, I got it, you know, so, you know, I went into it and left that door cracked, and, you know, maybe, uh, maybe mentally I'd, I'd already relapsed, um, and, you know, maybe I was looking for a way out, so that's why I went ahead and proceeded with what I did, and, you know, but I, along the way, there were these red flags, and I kept ignoring these red flags, thinking, ah, not a big deal, get past it. I always had an excuse for it. So, <clears throat> you want to make sure that you're, you know, you, you're being honest with them. Like, you know, I should have been up front with them. Um, you know, and, and to go to that extreme to where I'm at now with uh, my wife, Desi, now. So, when we were dating... You know, we had that conversation. You know, I said, hey, um, you know, I can't be around it. You know, I, I at least learn, you know, if I tell you all the time, learn from your past, you know, uh, be loyal to your future, uh, not your past. So, you know, I, I learned, I failed, learned, doing it again. So um, I learned, have that conversation. Um, told her, you know, kind of this is my weakness, this is... You know, things like if you see me smoking cigarettes, uh, we got problems. Um, you know, I can't be around it. I can't hang out at bars. I don't go to clubs. I normally don't go to social gatherings if there's a lot of drinking. Uh, or really, if there's any drinking, I'd rather not be there. And if I have to be, you know, it's for a short period of time. <clears throat> I make sure that I'm not there long. Um, so we had all these conversations. And... Uh, you know, another conversation, you know, was about, you know, bringing stuff in there because, you know, at the time, uh, like she didn't party or went to clubs or anything like that. Um, you know, she did have, and, and I'm not, you know, people do this, they're able to do this. I'm not, but people are able to have a glass of wine or, you know, even a beer with their meal and it not be a big deal. But for me, I can't. And, you know, uh, that was one of the conversations we had, like, you know, I, cause at the time she, she wasn't like she went out to drink or do anything, but like, you know, it, she may, if she went out to eat or something, may have a glass of wine or whatever. But I, you know, we had those conversations, um, you know, 
to her it wasn't that big of a deal that she needed a glass of wine or cared that much about it to even have any or you know we talked about not having it in the house because some people will have a you know a bottle in the house or whatever but we had that conversation you know and and here's the thing we had that conversation and if one or the other wasn't okay with it i mean you know we had it early enough to where you know we could say hey let's be friends and and move on but so we had the conversation and it went well and so we decided to move forward with our relationship and ended up getting married and uh and she's been a huge part of my support group um and i'll, I'll get to some of that here in a second uh when talking about uh which we're fixing to talk about uh being married and the so remember when you're looking for a relationship you know at least wait a year uh, the longer the better. This last time I waited a couple of years uh, before, actually I waited three years, I think, uh, before I really started dating. Um, you know, you want to let the fog clear. Uh, you got to make sure that you're being honest with them. Uh, let them know up front, be transparent. Um, let them know, you know, what your uh, triggers are, you know, where you can't be, you just set boundaries in place. So you got to have those conversations, and that's where it starts with having a conversation, and you know, and you'll find out real quick if that's the one or not. So let's say that you get into recovery and you're already married, or you end up getting married. Uh, so you know, again, it's it's the same concept, except there may be you know a little different rules or or boundaries than you would if you're in you know dating or looking for someone to date. So if you're being, if you're married, you know, you're already in the house, you already, you know, know. So you have those conversations, you know, nothing in the house that could, uh, that could cause you to relapse, um, you know, find a, you know, however, you know, couples have fights. I know that's no surprise, uh, but you know, if, if you're one of those that have to, you know, leave the house and go clear your head you know if before you went to clear your head at the you know dope man's house or at the liquor store know that you know you need to set a new boundary in place and know that's not where you go you know find another friend or someone in your support group and go there or mentor someone that you can talk to or just find a different room in the house hey this is the room i'm gonna go to i don't need to be bothered for the next 30 minutes i just need to clear my head uh, and then we can talk and talk rational without yelling, fussing, uh, whatever the case may be. So you need to have those conversations. You need to find that safe place in the house or uh, with a mentor or somebody in your support group uh, that you can go to and talk to. Um, and, you know, so that, you know, you don't set yourself up uh, for failure. Uh, the other thing, so if you're already married and you're in recovery, maybe one of your problems is uh, money. Like you're not very good. If you get a lot of money, you go get drugs or get alcohol with it. You know, maybe you set up something that you don't have access to the money for a little while until you kind of can work your way back into that. And, you know, or you get a separate account. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, it has to keep a separate account but maybe you have a separate account that you just have a little bit at a time you know and and pay the bills and stuff out of the other one or or something whatever 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 it looks like for you you know maybe that's what you do so that you know you've got some kind of boundary you got something set up 
that don't allow you to accumulate a bunch of money for you to go, you know, get high or or get drunk. Um, maybe like, so, you know, three weeks ago, broke my collarbone. You know, what do they give you? Pain meds. Well, what I do, and I have a history of kidney stones, uh, which suck, but I have a history of kidney stones, and of course, the only thing they give you for that is pain meds. So what I do, or what I've done, and we talked about this at the beginning is, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, if I come across any of that, like if come across I have a kidney stone, which since we've been married, I've had a kidney stone three separate times, really four, I passed one finally for the first time in my life about six months ago. But before that, I'd always had to have them removed, whether by laser or they go in and get it. And so, you know, they send you home with a stent and a bottle full of pain pills. Uh, so what I would do um, is, you know, Desi, my wife, would hang on to those. And if she had to go to work, she'd keep them hid somewhere that only she knew. And if she had to go to work, she would leave me one or two uh, to where, you know, that I couldn't abuse it. You know, I'd take it as it's prescribed or as needed and and do that. So, and to this day, like even... Uh, now, and now I try to get to, and this is just my own personal, uh, kind of my own personal thing is, you know, I, I try to just take a half of one when I need one and then I try not to take them if I don't have to. Um, so, you know, I, I do that. So, um, and this time with breaking my, my collarbone, you know, we did it. She held on to them. Um, she would, you know, uh, distribute as needed and she would keep them hid and, and, you know, and I, I didn't go looking for them cause it, it wasn't worth it. And so, you know, we had that mutual agreement. She would know how many is in the bottle. Even if I did, she'd keep count and hold me accountable. And so that was something we put into place. Um, you know, another thing, if you're married and if you're using while you were married, uh, one of the things, you know, you probably hid stuff all the way around the house, like you hid drugs here, hid drugs there, you know, wherever, you know, tell your spouse where those hiding places are. Um, you know, you, you got to be honest. You don't want to leave that door cracked. Um, because, uh, you know, if you, sorry, I'm trying to get my thought together. Like you don't want to leave the door open. Like we talked about earlier, don't leave it cracked because leave that door cracked because Satan can only attack what you keep in secret, but he can attack what is brought to light. Like, man, you keep it in secret, like he, he's going to attack you there. But if it's in light, nothing he can do. Nothing he can do. Just like when I let Desi hang on to the pain pills, Nothing he can do because I put something in, in place. I'm not trying to hide it, not trying to be secret about it. Um, so, you know, it comes when, when you know, telling those hiding spots, you know, you, you may tell all but one. You know, basically what you're doing is you're leaving that door open. You're leaving that in the dark so that Satan, Satan can use that against you. And, you know, it's an easy attack. Uh, for him to bring you down the next time. So you, you got to be honest and transparent. Uh, transparency increases your credibility and your accountability. Say that again. Transparency increases your credibility and your accountability. So the more transparent you are, 
the more they're going to believe you, your spouse, the more they're going to believe you, and the easier it is for you to be held accountable and for you to hold them accountable. So you just want to make sure that you're being honest and vulnerable and transparent when it comes to these things because it's your recovery. You know, it's your recovery that you're, that you're, you know, that's in jeopardy here, man. And, and, and based on my experience in the past, it, it can be life or death. Uh, this year alone, two people that, that I helped in uh, counseling uh, when I was doing uh, counseling for drug court last year uh, to the people that were in my classes. And one of them was on my, um, uh, on my case uh, load. But, uh, you know, they, they passed away this year. Um, you know, it's sad when I was in, uh, when I was doing it back in Oh two, Oh three, when I was at a, uh, halfway house, when I was uh, working on staff there, man, I found two of the guys OD'd of, uh, of a heroin overdose in the apartment. Uh, so man, it, it, it's, it's literally a matter of life and death. And so you really want to be careful. Uh, you want to be honest, transparent, and, uh, just be vulnerable, you know? Because uh, it's your life. And not only that, man, you got to think about the people you affect, your kids, your spouse, mom, dad, you know, whoever. It's not just you you're affecting. You're affecting everyone around you. All right. Hopefully uh, that was helpful uh, for you. Uh, hopefully you got something out of it. Uh, and remember, two unperfect people don't equal a perfect marriage or a perfect relationship. All right, thanks for tuning in this week, guys. Uh, Remember, you're either all in or you're all out.